Welcome back to the CrossFit Buff podcast. As always, I'm Jason Croxon. Joining me this week is Dan Tinkler. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm not too bad, Jason. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's nice to see you again. But before before we get into that, uh, I have a few tiny bits of housekeeping. First of all, I you know I already apologized on Instagram, but I'm going to apologize on the podcast as well to Claire Wolfert because I... She she was one of the people that sent in the warm up question that I wrongly attributed to somebody else last week. So uh, she called me out on it because she's a loyal a professional. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've called out other people on the podcast when they've made mistakes with people's names. The classic uh, sample and episode <laughs> comes to mind. So it's only fair that I that I admit when I'm wrong. Uh, it happens so rarely that I need to need to admit it when it happens. Right? Some moral high ground, like <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> I'm also running out of warm-up questions. So if you're listening to this and you haven't filled out the, the listener spotlight form, you could do that and send in some warm-up questions. Or I'm these days putting out a, a shout on, on Instagram, generally before I record the episode, uh, to ask for more warm-up questions. So if you're not following the Instagram, Jason CFB podcast, you could do that. Uh, and then you can send me some warm-up questions fresh for the episode. For example, Dan, right now, I have some warm-up questions that were sent in. I mean, I love skipping warm-ups, so this is, this is new to me. Well, that's why I thought it was so important that we did it. So I, I put out a message on, on, my, uh, on my stories on Instagram just asking for warm-up questions. So I'll just share with you the first one, if you can answer it. I don't know, because the first one to the question of, please, can you send me some warm-up questions, was, uh, hey there, uh, Jason, CFB podcast. Please go like my last post when you can. Uh, and it's from someone called Pocky198. Send me that later. I'll, I'll make sure I go like it and then we'll report back. <laughs> Thank you. So that was a, a good start. But here, here's a better question from Jess Goldsmith. She asks, and I feel like I already know the answer. Do you prefer cats or dogs? Well, at the moment, dogs, because he's probably outside wanting to get in. But I, I cats growing up was terrified of dogs until I was about 11. Absolutely terrified. And now my life is dominated by one. Like I say, you've got quite a big dog as well, haven't you? He's not mine. He's my housemate's dog. Um, but yeah, he's a stuffy. He's big. He's strong. And um, has no concept of personal space. And yeah, he's great. So that's your flatmate. What about the dog? <laughs> if you want to go argue with him, I'll get him in there. <laughs> so what's the answer then? Cats or dogs? You're saying dogs just because the dog might be, might be listening to you he through the door. He might be listening in. And you know, he's bigger than me. I know the rules. Now, I've got another question for you, and I'm, I feel like you're maybe the right person for this question as well. So this is from uh, Mocket. He's, so Jordan Mocket has asked, just to preface this, the reason I think you might be the right person is I've seen some of your posts about like the lunches you prepare, and you, you know, you're, you're quite a connoisseur of the kitchen, I believe, Dan. Lockdown kitchen's a thing. So his question is, is cereal soup? Oh, it's cereal. Why would it be soup? It's a dip. No. No, right, because otherwise, if you're saying cereal is soup, you could chuck anything in a liquid and claim it's soup. That's not how it works. So how does it work? What's the difference? Well, one of them comes in a tin that says soup on it, doesn't it? Or you go through and you blend it all together to make a soup. And effectively, you're blending the ingredients down and then you can, you, know, you can put other things in. Maybe we look at the line between soup and broth later on, probably something for someone who's a chef. But you can't say cereal soup. Like, who looks at that and goes, hmm, Weetabix soup? Weird. I reckon Jordan might. That might be why he's asking the question. But Well, you know, I'm not one to pull apart people's confidence, but Jordan, you're a little bit out there. Yeah, I mean, 
it's a liquid meal. Is that soup? You say a protein shake's a soup? Jordan, is a protein shake a soup? This is our, our next question. I don't know. There must be... I, I, too lazy to Google the definition of what is a soup, but it's interesting. Food for thought, quite literally. I mean, these weren't the types of questions I was expecting. If my warm-ups were like this, I would do them. This is what most of my warm-ups are like. I've trained with you, I know this. I suppose I, I should just throw it, because we've got a really interesting topic that I want to get to, but I'm going to throw in my classic question for your first appearance on the podcast, so you may know what it's going to be, but it is, if they are making a movie of your life, Dan... Who are you picking to play you? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah, why? I want a great death scene. Yeah, you are like <laughs> really shortening your lifespan. If if it's going to be a, a biopic, then oh dear. Yeah, but great death scene, isn't it? People remember it. Go out with a bang. It wouldn't be CrossFit related because we know that it's not dangerous. We, we've got the statistics to back that up. But it's probably one of the other crazy things you're doing in life that is going to, to cause your untimely demise. But... Okay. Sean Bean, I, do you know what? I mean, I wasn't expecting anyone in particular, but I was not expecting Sean Bean. I'm not really sure why I said it, to be honest, but popped into my head. Go with your gut. Your first instinct's usually right. I don't think that's true, but, but in this case, we'll take it. So Dan, in case anyone's not watching this and they're just listening, so they can't see you're wearing a, uh, a beautiful CrossFit Bath uh, t-shirt there, uh, even though... 2018 version. I was going to say the 2018 version. Now, there might be a reason for that. And if people are listening to this, you're like, I go to CrossFit Bath. I don't know who Dan is. So, Dan, uh, maybe just before we get into our, our main topic, could you just sort of say what is your history with CrossFit in general? How did you start? And also with CrossFit Bath in particular? Yeah, so um, I started at CrossFit Leicester back in early, oh God, when was it? 2017? Yeah, and I my story in was basically I was the proverbial fatty who did nothing and then got too drunk one night, agreed to go to a boot camp, did that, ran, decided to get fit, ran a marathon, and then was looking for something else to do. And I'd seen CrossFit, but was a bit put off by the image of it. And, you know, you'd see the absolutely ripped guys and girls on there and you'd see things like the games and go, oh, I can't do that. I just didn't have the guts to go and I'd been looking at it and a couple of friends had started doing it and I ended up going with um, one of my colleagues at the time, one of the student officers I worked with and went along for a trial class, did it, couldn't walk for two days afterwards, couldn't move a barbell properly to save my life, I'd never really done any of that, I'd just been running and thought I've just come off the back of running marathons. I'm pretty fit. Found out just how unfit I was when I walked in there and decided to sign up. So I spent seven or eight months training with CrossFit Leicester. Brilliant box. Taught me the basics very, very well. Very patient with me, which was needed. And yeah, still go back and see them now. Then I moved to Bath for work and joined CrossFit Bath. Um, Ironically, when I moved to Bath, I was ready to run another marathon in Leicester. So I had a month where I didn't do CrossFit, but I was training for a marathon. And then came back to CrossFit something like three days after that. Um, started in the old place. Yeah. And then trained with CrossFit Bath for, oh God, how long did I live in Bath? Near enough two years, I think. Something like a year and a half to two years. Um, and did a little stint with CrossFit Bournemouth in the middle where I worked. Um, when I was there for a couple of months. Then was with CrossFit DHM up in Durham, which is just a fantastic, fantastic box. Loved my time there, where I came on so much over six months. And I now train with CrossFit Yorvik as I've moved to York. So yeah, I've been 
all over the country into lots of different boxes, lots of drop-ins as I travel for work. Not at the moment, but I often do. Yeah, don't don't travel for work at the moment, please. No, you get arrested. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you were in Bath for quite a while. I remember that because um, another interesting thing about your training in CrossFit Bath, at what time would you usually train? Oh, 8 p.m. <laughs> oh, I was in the 8 p.m. It was quiet. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I went to... When I was in Leicester, I tried. I used to do like their six fifteen a.m. classes, but I had the advantage of it was a five minute walk from my house, so I would do it. And then when it was sort of twenty minutes from where I was living, and moved there, and in one day, so I'm, I'm not going up to that. That's too far. And then it, when it moved down to the Twerton Park, it was you know five six minutes walk from my house again. And I just went, nah, I can't get up for seven a.m. That's not happening. So I stuck to eight p.m. Wonderful time, smaller group, friendly, fun. Friendly fun, yes. A smaller group, I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when uh, we're eventually let out again. But uh, it, it started not being that smaller group towards the end. Um, it's almost as if somebody kept saying how good the 8pm class was. Or people heard I'd left and turned up. Who knows? Oh, he's not there. We'll go now. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait till you move back to Bath to see if that's the case otherwise it's just because we've been telling people how great the class is so that's sort of your, your history with with crossfit in in general now the reason that we got you on today is not because we used to train together so that was convenient and i haven't spoken to you in a while so <laughs> what a good excuse to have a chat that's not the reason oh well see you later i'm done but you actually mentioned something interesting to me that i thought would be a a very interesting topic for for others as well and that was with regards to dyspraxia mm-hmm. so i suppose the very first question in case anyone is going what did he just say what is dyspraxia so uh, effectively it's what used to be known as clumsy child syndrome um which is just a horrendous way to look at it but it's um a learning difficulty which is modern neuron related um and on it also affects process of thought as well, which is why I can never string a sentence together in a coherent order to save my life. But a lot of it will come down to aspects of coordination. It will affect people differently. So effectively what you think of is the clumsy people who take a lot longer to learn something, the ones who will trip over their own feet, which actually played quite a bit of an impact for me. So I didn't get diagnosed with dyspraxia and um, also got dysgraphia, which basically means that I can't really write to save my life, can't structure. But yeah, I mean, that is the extent of what scribble looks like. And that's my neatest writing. Um, and it takes me a while to do that. But I got diagnosed. Can I say, was that your neatest? Are they your notes for the podcast? No, some of them were work notes as well uh, underneath there. I, I, I was feeling really like, oh, wow, he's done his neatest writing just for me. I really appreciate that. Yeah, but only I can read it. <laughs> so, yeah, I got diagnosed when I was 20, I think, when I was a student. Um, and basically, I was just not scoring very highly on essays and exams I could never finish. And one of my um, lecturers, a wonderful guy called Norman Housley, who was just yeah everybody's favorite lecture in history at Leicester and he just sat me down and said look go get a test it'll be covered for the university pay for it you need to do this and first I was like why took it as a bit of an offense of are you you're saying I've got this disability and this and this and in the end my pride gave way and went and did it and came back so we're often affects me things like close motor control or seeing pattern or putting things together and seeing patterns I can't I just can't do that. Like, you know, the test for there was effectively nine dice for that. And you would 
put them in an order and then you had to rearrange it back in the order quickly. And I thought I was getting it perfect. I couldn't line anything up to save my life, apparently. Like, you know, things like I still can't colour in in between the lines. I don't understand how anybody can do that. But those sorts of areas of how it's affected me. And it was one of the things that did play with me of looking to start CrossFit was, will I be able to do this? So I did quite a bit of research online and was looking around and effectively Google and things like CrossFit with dyspraxia, CrossFit with a learning difficulty, training with this, exercise with this. And there just wasn't much out there. There was sort of, there was one post from somebody who was a strength and conditioning coach about having worked with a couple of clients who had dyspraxia and how it was a learning curve for them, but not really anything else. So there was a Reddit thread of Tumblr or one of them sort of things going, I've got this, should I do it? And it did make me question longer and longer going, will I actually be able to do this? Or will I be able to pick things up? And particularly in a group environment, is that pressure of where everybody else is getting this, I'm going to take longer to learn this. Like for me, for example, if I have to do two movements at once, I can't grasp that. So that's why things like I'll struggle with the idea of Olympic lifting and going, right, so you've got to take the bar up to get tall to get small. I have to jump down underneath the bar no that my brain can't compute that certainly i think a lot of people listening to this are going maybe i've got dyspraxia (laughs) who knows (laughs) i i also struggle with olympic lifting it's hard to get tall and get small yeah but effectively sort of things where you go you know the doing that i'm having to think quite hard about that like and yeah i don't have it in a severe sense it doesn't affect me massively in day-to-day life but enough and a lot of it also comes down to thought process so um also affects short-term memory so when you're being taught a movement i'll forget it within a minute it's not that i'm not paying attention i just go oh no something else has happened what's going on there like wait go back and you can dumb it down go again take it slow step by step i need to see things sort of broken down point by point by point and it did make a thing i spoke to the coach andy CrossFit Leicester when I started one of the corners there and just said look I really really struggle with this you're going to have to go quite slow with me at the start you're going to have to break it down a lot more than you would I'm probably not going to get it and just got really really supportive back I think if I hadn't had that start I probably wouldn't have stuck with it and having been doing CrossFit for what three years now more than three years didn't realize it was that long apparently we're in 2020 Jason who knew well I mean does it does it matter at this point it's (laughs) what's a day what's a week what's a month what's a year sun goes up sun goes down we stay inside exactly will we ever be allowed out who knows (laughs) who knows I thought oh it's finally an episode we're not just going to talk about being locked in (laughs) it seems it's uh, unavoidable that was your fault not mine you brought it up (laughs) you're right I did. It's, it's almost like it's on my mind. <laughs> so I, I suppose I, I'm just intrigued then if, if you couldn't really find, uh, it's quite, you know, uh, it, it would be nice to think, I mean, you've been doing it for three years now, so maybe there are articles published and things put out there that weren't, but you know, if not, at least maybe this podcast will be something that someone could find, which would be nice. But what was it then that, that made you think, okay, I can at least give it a go. If you, ha- you know, it sounds like there were a lot of, red flags or kind of pretend you know it's very easy to say well oh i'm not 100 sure and I, I think especially as crossfit already had that reputation that we've discussed multiple times on past episodes about oh it's dangerous and people get injured and you're going to hurt yourself i think if i if i knew that well if if healthy people you know you've mentioned like the games and things like that and how you would discourage but actually, if, I think if these guys are hurting themselves yeah what's going to happen to, and i'm going to kill myself if i'm you know clumsier than they are kind of thing so how did you get over that 
I think partly is the fact that I looked at it as a challenge to myself and I want to go, well, no, I can do this. Like, I'm not someone who's ever gone, oh, well, I speak about myself and technically dyspraxia is down. It's a disability. It's protected by the Equalities Act 2010, etc. But I'm not ever looking goes, well, I've got a disability. That's my own pig-headed way. Like, I have, but I don't think about it like that. But I think was, I'd seen friends who were doing it and gone, look, they're, they're having fun. I want to have fun. Like, I want to fitter again I'd need to find another challenge I'd say I'd come off the back of doing my first marathon and went okay what what now I finished it and effectively I spent a month eating absolute junk again and just like not really <laughs> living the life that I was supposed to live and I didn't want to go back to that bandwagon of being the big fat fatty and the drunkard I needed something and that looked good and then that aspect of the challenge and gone well yeah okay maybe I'm not going to get this as quick but I'd rather say I gave it a go than I didn't and there was all the social side that came with it. I would never have been the type of person who'd have just walked into a commercial gym, for example, and felt confident and had a clue what I was doing. Like I say, I'd never picked a barbell up till I started. Well, actually, no, I think I'd had about 10 years where I hadn't picked a barbell up, should I say, from sort of doing stuff as a teenager in the gym at school, which doesn't count because you don't have a clue what you're doing in the slightest. And you're just going, look at me, lads! <laughs> which arguably happens in some of the commercial gyms. but Yeah, I suppose that's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? That, that instead of just, it depends how you look at doing exercise, doing CrossFit in particular. Are you just going to say, because I suppose if it's just saying, well, I, I just need something, you know, to get fit, maybe, you know, going to a, you know, a commercial gym, just using the machines where I can't possibly drop them on myself or hurt me. Like, yeah. you know, oh, okay, that'll be the safe option. And, and, and that's probably going to be the easiest thing. But looking at it as, oh, I want to have fun. I want to actually enjoy it. And, and if I'm getting fit, that is not not a byproduct, but I'm not just going there to get fit, but it, it's the, the journey as well as the destination kind of thing. Yeah. And, and focusing on that and, as you said, like the social aspect and all the other elements. So if somebody is a bit sort of on the fence of, well, is this the best fitness regime for me? I guess it depends what you want. If you if you do want to have a good time and it's always different. And as you said, it's kind of a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for everyone. It's just a challenge for you in a, yeah, in a different think, way than it is a, for somebody else. The thing of effectively, it's a hidden disability, isn't it? It's the, you know, if you go in and you are a wheelchair user or you are visually impaired and you know, those things which are just obvious to spot good coaches are going to go through that with you they're going to be able to make adaptations they're going to change their style they're going to do what's needed to be done yeah if someone who walks in like me dyspraxia or someone with dyslexia you're probably not going to spot it unless they tell you and obviously you know as with any disability like it's your right to declare that nobody has to well you must tell us if you you know you can't ask that question you can put it in there and it's up to someone if they want to declare that and then put measures in place with them and as if I hadn't had such a good start at Leicester with Andy and the support there then I wouldn't have kept going like I probably wouldn't have you know I'd probably dropped out two three months in but actually having that made the difference I think there's a lot of that if you iron it up and you're thinking do you know what I fancy giving this a go tell it whoever you walk into speak to them or contact them beforehand have that chance that I'm concerned about this or have this, what can you do for adaptations to help me? How are you going to do that? And if you're a good box, they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to say, well, actually, this is what we can do or we're not 100% too sure, but we will work with you to find what works for you. 
rather than sort of going, no, this is what we do. This is our regular, how we'd scale it anyway, you know, rather than just getting that sort of generic, well, everything can be scaled sort of thing, which is great and it should be able to, but actually go through how it's going to be able to be done. I suppose with regards to scaling, like you're, you're quite often, you have to scale something because of a limitation, right? So uh, like with Shacks, we talked about, you know, overhead squats, for example, if you're limited in that range of motion, you can't really support the bar overhead and in the bottom of a squat, you do need to scale that. You should probably do a front squat or at least do it with just a, you know, an empty bar or something because your body physically can't support that position with that weight in that position. Whereas as you're saying with, with something like dyspraxia, you might, you know, it's easy to say, well, look, if you can't do this, you should scale it. These are the scaling options, but actually you might be able to do it. It might not be that it needs to be scaled in the same way. It just needs as you said, to be broken down instead of this movement, yeah. we explain it in three parts. Well, this time we're going to explain you this movement, you know, in, in five or six parts, master part one and two first, then master the next bit. And then the next bit, you can do this. You just need a little bit more help because actually, you know, your body can do it. It's just trying to work out how to do it. So I think that piece of advice you're saying about if somebody does have, again, we'll say a disability that is unseen, yeah, learning difficulty. Yeah, yes, it's your your right, you know, whether or not you want to disclose that. But I can imagine you could get, it can be quite frustrating, can't it, if, if you just keep getting it wrong because, or, or you feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting enough coaching or they're, they're not telling me, I can't understand what they're trying to say. Well, yeah. if you're, you know, whereas if maybe just saying, look, this is, you know, this is the issue I have. Can you help me? And as you said, generally, a coach should be able to you know, i'm sure everyone at crossfit bath would be able to do that i'm you know i've from i tell people from the start and i get you not everybody's going to be as the yeah it's fine like and you know i will let people rip it out of me go and look, look at him and i'll rip it out of myself as well and but you know it depends on the level of per individual with that their confidence in doing it and their personality i you know once you're comfortable around people you can go oh yeah it's fine like he's done like you know going back to that overhead squat mobility wise it does affect me across my mobility like yeah that's partly my own fault because i don't work on it enough as well like everybody else but you know you ask me to get down into a snatch there's a good chance i'm probably going to fall over at some point and i'll be like oh, here we go again get up laugh it's funny but what i've found is you know the confidence has improved as a result of crossfit like i've able to get my body to do things that i just went you know, from when I first looked at it years ago, I went, well, I'll never be able to do that, but I'll give it a go. And go, oh, wait, no, I can do that. That's great. Like, in the sense of achievement, I think for me, it almost feels stronger because you're going, well, I couldn't, I couldn't move an empty barbell correctly when I started. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. You know, the idea of, let's take, for example, if I'm doing a power clean, well, you know, the bar would be out here. <laughs> when I started because I just couldn't grasp that you know keeping it close or being able to get you back into a position for a deadlift I would think where I was going is perfect boom for right well you need to hold your head here well that's a problem because my head kind of moves in the direction it feels like doing it and I need to be able to focus on something or if I'm doing you know, I can still barely double under to save my life they kind of go double single double but from someone who when he started couldn't skip in this you know just couldn't do it I would lose it, no no coordination there. In fact, I'm now able to do that. It's great, but I have to know that the way I've had to work on that is head straight, focused, there's a point, 
do not take anything off that. That's it. As soon as I move my head ever so slightly, everything else will completely and utterly follow. And that's it. And then I'll just end up swearing at the rope quite a lot. So I've gone, well, this is what I've had to adapt. And, you know, it is adapting to work and building there. And yeah, it took me three years to learn how to do a handstand. I was delighted when I did it because I just couldn't get my body in. I was like, there was nothing wrong with the strength of it, but I just couldn't get my body in the correct position and everybody take me through it. And I was like, well, it doesn't work. No, boom, well, I, I can't get the angle to kick off correctly. Then I have three years. Yeah, it's slow progress, but it's still progress. And I think, do you, do you think then that going actually into a CrossFit box and seeing everybody else helps with that? Because a lot of the things you're saying, and you know, and you're, you're saying it with even this kind of a, a legitimate reason as to why it's a struggle, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not the only person that when he does a snatch falls over or is struggling to do double unders doing, you know, single double after a long period of time. And, and I think again, it goes to that kind of, if you own, if you just Google CrossFit or you just look at the Instagram posts of the top athletes that are incredible yes you're gonna think well oh, you know I, I can't do that i'm you know I'll look at you know them hitting it every time perfectly <laughs> no problems but if you actually go in and you spend time with people there and you see well this person's been there longer than me uh, and they're still struggling with this movement as well and this one you'll see that we're all you know we've all got different issues that we have to overcome oh, completely uh, and so you know, nobody, well, no, not nobody. There are a few that come in and they just master everything straight away. Yeah, we all hate them though, don't we? <laughs> so apart from those ones, it, it is a challenge for everyone. And, and I think, you, you know, you kind of, it goes back to that whole thing of you all suffer together. Like you all suffer together through a workout. We often talk about that, don't we? That, you know, it's a 20 minute AMRAP and you've all done the same thing. Maybe you've scaled weights slightly differently or movements slightly differently. But at the end of the day, you've all had the same kind of pain basically to get through this workout but i think we all suffer together as well in that we all we all want to learn you know there's somebody there who is trying to get that first pull up and there's somebody else who is trying to get that first muscle up and they're different movements and obviously you know the one who who's trying to get that muscle up he can probably knock out a lot of pull-ups quite easily but at the end of the day you know once he gets that muscle up well, now you're looking at linking muscle up. Yeah. Or now you're looking at doing a, a very strict muscle up, you know, something like that. We all have that movement that we're trying to learn. And we all have that movement that it seems we cannot learn. And we have those movements that we thought we could never learn, but we did. I think it's nice that you can, you know, once you are in and you talk to people and you learn about their kind of before and where they are now, you get that. But I can understand the apprehension someone would have before going if they assume that everybody there is perfect yeah i think you know before crossfit took their account off instagram before putting it back on and you know they were doing all those of people all the people lifting jerry cans sort of thing or lifting water bottles on there and there were some people who went out there you know we're going to take the mick out of this you know you shouldn't like maybe the way it was presented was a little bit daft but actually the ethos of what it was about was right but you look at it and go this is great because it's now addressing one issue here, effectively, you know, ageism approach. But actually, what about that aspect of ableism that comes in? And that obviously is much harder to present because you've got a spectrum across there. And, you know, it's not just a case of whatever it is of you either are this or this. It, you know, it's, it's a point on that. 
my dyspraxia is nowhere near as severe as lots of people's is. It affects me, but I've learned how to work with it. You know, there's certain things like, I know I can't string a sentence together to save my life. <laughs> I'm awful at it, which is great that you've got me on a talking I was going to say, and yet you're on a podcast, so... Yeah, well, good luck for you editing this. Um, <laughs> going to be a lot of chopping and changing. Actually, what could be put out there, and for coaches as well, it's probably not something that you've considered. You'll consider it going, well, how do I coach people with a disability if it's coming? You know, like I've trained with some fantastic training with a blind athlete um, up in DHM and Brad, who was brilliant, who's coach's son, but it didn't matter, went in there, same as anybody else. And the adaptations were fantastic. And there's guidance out there for that. But there's very little guidance around how do you put train people with learning difficulties? So actually, what should there be more? Well, yes, for a start. And actually, if coaches are more confident and then are able to change sort of their PR that goes out on the back of this or are able to show this is how we can support you, I think that's where you become much more an inclusive community. I imagine it's it's probably one of those things that you'll have certain co- like so we're you know we're talking about it from your point of view of going mm. into these different boxes and you're saying you know this box was amazing they really helped me out and that. so you're going to have certain coaches that have had the experience yes. doing it and so you know the next time in the future someone comes into their box and says look you know I just want you to know that I you know I've got this issue and it's going to don't worry about it we know exactly what to do with you like we've been through this before we've got these options for you you know maybe even even just that concept of understanding okay right you've got this where would you put yourself on this kind of line you know how Mm -hmm. severe is it how much help do you need from us you know what what are you worried about are you worried about doing a box jump or something like that because you you think you're going to smash your shins on the box are you worried about you said like using the barbell because you're going to have to link consecutive little movements together to create a a full movement. Uh, and so I think you'll have around the world, probably a number of coaches that really know how to handle this. Yes. But until somebody walks into your gym with this issue or, you know, any, uh, yeah, any issue that someone might have, you know, even, you know, you've got coaches that have coached probably a number of blind people and you've got coaches that have never coached a blind person. And even if they hear in theory, these are the steps that you can do until you do it yes you, you're never really gonna you know you you can have it in theory but until you see it in practice yeah, I think it's, it's gonna be different isn't no it? point in my saying right i expect perfection when you come in nobody would but actually guidance is a start and actually having that there and going and what's the science behind it as well like you know dyspraxia does affect muscle growth it does affect coordination in that science and i can only talk about this because this is my experience, you know, I can't say what it is like for somebody else with a different disability, learning difficulty, etc. But actually, if that aspect is there, I've gone, well, this is how you need to work with them. It's about putting steps in place. And effectively, what you're saying is, you know, to achieve that almost level of equality, is mm-hmm. that sometimes you have to, you know, that sort of, <laughs> may have seen that image of um, the kids of different height on different size boxes looking over the fence. And effectively, the smallest one needs to be on the highest box to be able to see. If you give them all an equal size platform, well, one's still going to be much taller than the other. So about being able to put those a little bit extra in place. And I think it's not in the sense of nobody wants to see this, but actually it's just not something that's at the front of an agenda because it's hidden. Unless someone says to you, well, actually, I've got, you're not going to be able to guess it. 
and lots of people don't know as well like i'm in the fortunate position where if i hadn't been at university and someone hadn't spoken a lecturer hadn't spoken to me i wouldn't have known <laughs> no yeah i've just gone oh, i'm a bit slow at this it's interesting isn't it how certain things work out <laughs> and, and yeah that because you'd probably have done exactly the same things uh it just would have been uh, and i, I assume you probably have even had similar help within in, within the box because they they would you know anybody <laughs> who's struggling with a lift they're going to get a little bit of extra help aren't they but knowing why can just give someone that you know that patience maybe that they you know because yeah. they understand that it's not somebody who just you know you're not listening you're not paying attention why you know why can't you get i've shown you this two three four five ten times but they understand all right this is why i'm having to show it to you again and and, and that can help them to be more patient maybe because yeah. uh, you know nobody's perfect and we will you know we'll reach that point where we go come on <laughs> how many yeah come, how can you not get this by now <laughs> i'm trying my hardest <laughs> but i think as well the fact that it's it, it's not just that it's unseen it's you, you know when you think of the 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 health issues and the problems that particularly something like crossfit's trying to deal with it, it's it's sort of i suppose the the health issues that are changeable but are also you know chronic and will lead to real huge problems down the line isn't it so you know you've got chronic obesity and things like that and and you know type 2 diabetes and and things that actually lifestyle can change not just help you improve in this but really potentially save your life yes because you you make these changes so it's understandable why there's such a push behind that and that's commendable and good and you know you'd never want that to stop but at the same time as you're saying there are other people that maybe would love to do something like this but they perhaps just didn't have the friends that were doing it like you did that gave them the push to say oh let me try they maybe just look at it as you know, this is something with too many moving parts and I just don't want to be under a barbell when I drop it. Yeah, and I think CrossFit has done a lot to challenge its intimidating atmosphere in the past few years. And, you know, going back to those, you're getting off the couch, oh, look at me, I can stand up from this now, isn't it great? Actually, that's fantastic. Perhaps it was not presented the best way, but the ethos of what it was trying to say was brilliant going, look, this is for everybody. Get me wrong love watching games athletes going wow how did they do that but it's that perception of actually i don't need to be able to do that like i you know i've been in the fortunate position where well, i say fortunate i've watched Lionel messi play football in person he destroyed us that night and it was but it was amazing but i step onto a football pitch i don't expect to be as good as a professional footballer but yet somehow you know i'm not going to be able to do that i know that it doesn't put me off playing it i'm going to have some fun but actually something about when you see that image of crossfit when it's there there's the expectation of these are the fittest humans on earth so to do this you must be fit well no you'll get fit while doing it nobody expects you to be able to do any of that at the start but i think it's almost that perception that comes with it's that kind of common uh, trope or common sort of thing you hear about i i felt i needed to get fit in order to do crossfit as yeah. like, well, no, you, you need to start crossfit in order to get fit it's it, it's not the other way around <laughs> like if, if you're doing something that's getting you fit maybe just keep doing that then at this point but yeah. if you want to get fit come and do crossfit that's, if you want to be in that if you want to dedicate your life to this cult off you go have great fun come in you'll like it but yeah i think it's that sort of the perception needs to work alongside and if it's putting in there and you know perhaps is more articles of saying people going well actually this is how it's helped me in day-to-day life regarding this learning difficulty then actually that makes a big difference 
perhaps the places that would publish them, well, people might pick up on it through Google, but even if not, it starts to get the community thinking differently. Yeah, I like reading more about, if you like, your average Joe CrossFit than reading, this is what a games athlete's diet is, great, but I'm not going to be that level of committed and I don't care about being that level of committed. I don't want to be that good. It would be nice, but I'm not going to work my life to that. Whereas seeing those articles from people who can say, well, actually, as a result of this, it effectively saved my life or that it built my confidence. I was able to do X, Y, or Z. I think there's more value in that as the image going out there. Yeah. And I think it is. And I think, again, it's the out there if you know where to look and it's quite hard to find sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a, a podcast, not a CrossFit podcast, but a different podcast and uh, was speaking to somebody with ironically the same initial CF, but uh, cystic fibrosis. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were, we were talking about that. And because I do CrossFit, I actually found when I was in my research on cystic fibrosis, somebody who had cystic fibrosis that did CrossFit and, you know, is having to be kind of on an oxygen tank, while they're doing their burpees because of the, the difficulty it gives you in breathing and, and the fluid in the lungs and, and all of that. Yeah. But it was really interesting because it's, you know, somebody who is, and, and, and really good at CrossFit as well. Not, you know, oh, I just go and kind of do, you know, not that sitting up off the couch, but really, you know, lifting, doing all the move, doing everything that you would expect someone who is, you know, quite a, an elite level athlete to be doing, but with this huge, challenge ahead of them and it's you know it's fascinating to sort of see what their routine was and how they were doing it but that's because i was specifically researching this issue yeah and i came across it and otherwise i i don't know if i would have you know would have ever found it any other way um so so i I think again yeah things are out there but it's difficult to find them what what i am interested in that you mentioned just uh just a moment ago is how then it it transfers over to daily life so have you found that cross that doing crossfit apart from general health and and you know you mm-hmm. said before oh i thought i was fit and then i started crossfit and i realized i wasn't fit and maybe now you feel less so in that <laughs> in that not feeling fit yeah i mean it gave my confidence a battering but it built it back up <laughs> yeah. but has there been any any crossover into you know into just general life where you thought you know what because I do CrossFit, this is easier or this has helped or, or anything like that? I think a lot of it, is, you know, the simple aspects of coordination, like I'm not sort of thinking, oh, well, I might make a bit of a fool of myself here. I'll give it a go. I'll probably still make a fool of myself, but I'm less bothered by it because yeah, it doesn't bother me anymore. Like I've, I've fallen off enough pull-up bars, etc., to know that eh, it's fine. I'll bounce off the floor and get back up. Oh, God. Well, there's a lot of blood on my hands here. I'll deal with this later. Um, sorry, Sharks. I'll, I'll clean that later. But I think the biggest aspect is the confidence and that I go, well, actually, the stuff that I thought I'd never be able to do, I can do. So why can't I try that with other things? Why can't I take that element of risk? And I think that is where it crosses over into that aspect of day-to-day life a lot more. Like, you know, I'm not in a position where my learning difficulty is severe in any way, shape, or form. It affects me. Like, it's, you know, For example, if someone says, go do an exam, I need extra time for it because I'm just never going to be able to write quick enough. I can't compute my brain fast enough. But I think, well, in that aspect of going, well, it 
it's given me the confidence to overcome challenges like mentioning it beforehand simple things like going oh yeah first time i was able to do a set of pull-ups without a band well actually if i was able to do that and then progress through and get into that muscle of progression and then linking them granted not very well but still linking them <laughs> three and i'll fall off and <laughs> but thinking well i've got the confidence to do that and can see it and go well actually whatever i'm doing here is confidence and it's step by step again and having the good coaching has made a difference to that to that so yeah i think that's where it comes in that aspect of day-to-day life a lot more like it's you know i'm not in the sense of where i'd go oh well i'm not going to go out for a run because this i'm not coordinated or anything along those lines like i could do that beforehand but it's given me the confidence to try things a lot more like um it sounds daft. I went badminton with work. Um, I'd start a new job in January, and I went whereas I probably wouldn't have gone before because I know I'm not very good at it. Racket sports, nah, can it coordinate well enough? Like, oh god, missed the thing again. Like, but it's went. Well, it's fine. I'll go. And then from that, you chat to people more. You end up making more friends, and it that aspect. So that's where it's really, really given me that confidence boost for day to day life go and put yourself out there a little bit more that is interesting because i i feel like personally with crossfit you know when you when you talk of like overcoming a challenge or or challenging yourself and doing it uh, with a lot of things it's kind of one and done isn't it you sort of yeah. oh i'm gonna try and do this thing oh i've done it whereas with crossfit it's sort of as soon as you overcome a challenge and it's not even one at a time you might have you know five or six different challenges you're facing at the same time but you're sort of like this is my challenge and once you overcome it, well, there's the next challenge just around the corner. So like we said, you know, all my challenges, can I do pull-ups? No, I can't. All right, I'm going to work at them, work at them, work at them. Oh, I can do pull-ups. This is great. Right. Get your, get your chest to the bar. Off you go. Brilliant. Or, you know, you, you've mentioned like getting into a handstand. So it's like, can I get into a handstand? No, I can't kick up into a handstand. I'm, you know, I'm doing wall walks or something else. Yeah. Now I can kick up into a handstand. Great. Yeah. Can less wall it? walks. Even better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, this is the one. The one time when I think it pays not to scale is whenever there's handstand push-ups, and it means no wall walks. I'm like, oh, happy to, <laughs> happy I'm to go RX on this one, guys. It's harder. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Don't let them know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just think it's that you are constantly overcoming challenges in CrossFit as opposed to other things where it is the challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. You overcome it. Yeah effectively you then get to the well i've done it but now can i do it quicker well it's still the same thing yeah and i and i suppose that sort of lift that that gives you in daily life of well i overcame this challenge after a while it starts to fade doesn't it you know yeah like oh i overcame this challenge but that was you know a few years ago now and i haven't really done anything new since whereas i feel with crossfit you are just constantly overcoming challenges so then as you said it in day-to-day life do you want to go and play badminton? Oh, I'd have a challenge. Yeah, why not? I overcame that one. I can overcome this one. And you just kind of are constantly rolling through being out of your comfort zone and having to do something new. And, and, it, and it kind of just plays into... And I think that, again, is across the board um, mm-hmm. for everybody that does CrossFit. But I imagine some need it more than others, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have some people that are naturally quite happy to give it a go. And you're going to have some people that giving it a go is not a good idea. <laughs> I don't like that. So having that boost of saying, well, hold on, I've done it in the past and it turned out good. 
let me yeah. try it again sort of thing what would you say to someone then if they were you know and, it, and if you're listening to this because you have dyspraxia and you are contemplating well done for listening this far through i really appreciate yeah, I mean, that you, you put up with a pair of oars <laughs> sorry that, that is commendable so crossfit has nothing that should scare you at this point um what would you what would you say to someone or maybe perhaps we've you know perhaps we are doing crossfit ourselves and we have uh, a friend or a relative or someone we know uh that we might like to encourage and maybe it's not dyspraxia but it might be another learning difficulty any or, aspect or of learning difficulty a disability is you know it will limit you there is there is no way of saying that nicely but actually what you can put in place to work to overcome that or limit the amount that it limits you so for me it will always come down to if you think where I quite like to give this a go or I'm not too sure then make contact with people they should be accommodating of you they should be saying yeah this is what we can do or come in for a chat or whatever and we'll work on a plan with you and effectively you know like if you're going to a workplace and someone is affected by a disability and they've declared it then you have to make reasonable adjustments it is the law it should be the same in any scenario that if you declare that then it's the organization's responsibility to make reasonable adjustments for you whether you're going in there as a member should be treated as the same as if you're going in as an employee I'm not 100% sure on the, what the law is at that point as well. Actually, if you're going in there, I, I'm okay on the Equality Act, but I'm not that good on it. Um, but actually have that chat with, if it's CrossFit, have that chat with the box owner, have it with the coaches. Let them have it with their coaches. And they should be making those adaptations for you. And for if there's other people in there, talk to them. Like if you're not grasping something, ask someone who's a bit more experienced to take you through it. I mean, you should do that anyway, but perhaps it'll come in if you're not, you know, if this is, if you're struggling with a movement and I know I say it lots of the time and you've probably spotted, you might've spotted this when we've trained together as well, but hang on a minute, take that down. I didn't get a thing there. Dumb it down a bit, step by step. That for me is effectively gone. I can't understand what you're saying here. You're going to have to give it completely and utterly different because my learning difficulty has limited me here. I just phrase it a different way. And I phrase it in a way where, you know, I'm like, ah, well, I'll just make myself look a bit daft here. That's fine. But actually what I'm saying is I need help. And actually find the way that you're able to say that and make sure it's known why. Like I've not been necessarily, I've told people, but not perhaps at every point gone, look, the reason I can't get this is, and maybe I should have done this earlier on. And when I started doing it more and was more confident with coaches across the board, then actually what I got was better coaching back. So they've got to be able to know that you're in that scenario and the coach has got to be confident enough to deal with it themselves. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's unfair also on, you know, the other side, isn't it to sort of think, well, this coach is no good. He's not helping me if he doesn't have all the information. So yeah, they've got to know you've got to be able to say, well, actually this is how, and sometimes it gets frustrating if you're going to repeat that to four or five different coaches each time, but ultimately it's there to help you. And, and I think again, that's where, you know, you look at CrossFit and, I mean, we've mentioned it many times on the podcast that you know, I, if I have to sell CrossFit to someone, I'm always going for the coaching first. Like the reason you pay for CrossFit is the coaching and the workouts. Like, you know, yeah. the fact that you don't have to plan anything, you go in, you're told what to do, you're coached through a warm up, the workout, a cool down, a stretch. Uh, if at any moment you're doing something wrong, you know, you're, you're not 
really doing a lift the right way, you're risking injury or something like that, you're going to get stopped. They're going to help you out. They're going to tell you what you're doing wrong. If you're doing something right, but you could be doing it better, you're going to get some cues, some tips. This, you know, this will help you. This is going to, and, and that's for everyone. Uh, and as you whereas I think if you go to a, you know, a kind of more standard gym, maybe you'll have someone who will do an induction with you. They'll talk you through, you know, the first time, but you know, after you're going there for two, three months, they'll just see you as a, a regular and they won't pay that much attention to you yeah. because you're a regular. So you know what you're doing. Whereas if you want constant help and feedback every single time you go in for a workout, probably CrossFit is actually better for you. Yes, there may be a, a steeper learning curve at the beginning, but you're going to be helped up that learning curve. Whereas something else, yes, these are simple machines. You just go in, they're pretty easy. But if you do need any help, probably not going to find it. And it's probably going to be more difficult to have to go and actually ask for help from someone who's you know, not usually kind of used to giving help as opposed to the coaches at CrossFit Box that are always... Yeah. ready to to give feedback to everyone you know if it's your first time there if you've been going there for years it doesn't matter does it there's always something you can you can improve so i'm told constantly <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> so um dan i i think it's been a it's been a really interesting chat i hope that people listening have, have found it interesting um yeah me too I mean, just getting listeners would be nice you know not putting everybody off with my name get in Right, I'll, I'll like I'll hide your name in the title somehow. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Move it around. No, I think people will be happy to hear happy to hear from you. Happy to know you're still alive. <laughs> you fall off the pull-up rig so many times. We, we can never be oh, sure. God, there was a one where um, what we did pyramid version of Helen. Oh, I remember that. That was a bad night, <laughs> and just blood pouring out my hands all over the bar, all over the rig. And just remember leaving and shouting at others, being like, "Right, no one got on that br- that bit of the rig. It's got my blood all over it." I mean, if they ever need to clone you, it's going to be pretty easy, right? I mean, you've left enough of your DNA around numerous CrossFit. Maybe they'll be able to clone you as like the perfect CrossFit athlete. It's the only way it's going to happen. So, Dan, do you have time for uh, a listener spotlight? I- I'd like to get your opinion on on some of the. Uh, the answers to these questions so i'm not know, really we... a very opinionated person jason so wait no no i am <laughs> God, i got, got confused i know i thought i'd got the wrong guest on uh, <laughs> so after that I'm long diplomatic now <laughs> you're diplomatic now oh, that'll change in a minute so this week we'll be talking about uh jake brinkman so jake actually trains at trowbridge doubt you will have met met jake in your time in, in Bath, but uh, don't worry, you can still have opinions. It's fine. <laughs> so, first question was, it, "What time do you usually train?" And he has said 5 p.m. I, that's a, you know, that's a reasonable time. 5 p.m. He's not getting up insanely early to go and work out, which okay, we've already okay. said is is crazy. I think, not I think, I'm sure we've actually trained together because if I record the podcast in Trowbridge, you know, back in the day when I used to actually talk to people face to face, those were the days. I'd usually do it before the classes. Ah, the good old days. Good old days, yeah. Things we will never see again. Other people. Get used to looking at people through screens. It's the future. But um, I've trained a couple of times at the 5pm class at Trowbridge. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Jake has been there, if not both times, at least at least one of the times. 
Uh, and in fact, rolling on now to his favorite movement in CrossFit, which, yeah, I suppose it's funny. You say favorite movement in CrossFit. It's a movement you can do in other gyms as well, but we do it at CrossFit as well. So Is it one where you get a look if you do it in another gym? No, no. Oh, okay. No, no. So his favorite movement, well, well he's, he's put a little, little dash here because it's back slash front squats. So separate movements, but any okay. any kind of squat, I guess, is what he's saying. He likes he likes squatting. He's not and written overhead squat on there though, has he? He's not written overhead squat. That that is true. Jake, let me know what's your opinion on overhead squats. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the time I did the five bim class, we were doing our one rep max back squats as well. So uh, if if you like the movement, that that was a good good a good class, and I you know PR'd my back squat, so I can't complain. Uh, his other favorite movement is rowing. I like rowing. Unfortunately, I'm short, so rowing doesn't like me. But I much prefer it to the bike or skier or anything else. I'm a fan of the rowing machine. I'm not that good at it, but I remember when we did that marathon rowing, 10,000 burpees. I don't know, 1,000 burpees, not 10,000. That would be too many. It'd still be going on now. Yeah, well, let's not talk about burpees. I'm. <laughs> sure, you're not enjoying them anymore? No, I didn't enjoy them from day one, but, you know. I'm on day 18 at the moment. His most hated movement in CrossFit, I applaud him for this answer. I, I almost feel like answering it this way means he's a, a regular listener to the CrossFit Love podcast because his, his most hate, hated movement is, any guesses? Snatch. No, no, no. Warballs. Warballs. Hmm. Warballs are my most hated movement in CrossFit. So, um, well, it's a hype thing, isn't it? It's a... Uh, it's a it's it's a multiple thing. There's a few reasons why I hate it, but um, I won't get into it now. But well done. Future Jake. episode. Future episode. Yeah. I mean, I've I've said it multiple times. Just by so. yourself, no interviewing people. Just uh, rant on while you hear yeah. wall balls for an hour. When someone an hour. When someone says a three hour long episode, they'll know it's the wall ball special. <laughs> so how did he find out about CrossFit, and how long has he been doing it? Uh, so he says a uh, Chrissy, a colleague from work has been doing CrossFit for a while and that they chat about it and eventually just made the leap. So you see annoying your work colleagues talking about CrossFit does work in the end. You break them down. Eventually I had buttons placed on me in a previous place, but that's fine. <laughs> You're not allowed to mention this. Oh, right. Well, fine. Okay. Uh, I'll go sit by myself for the day. They're probably all members now. <laughs> they probably all joined CrossFit Bath since you left. Mind us fee. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I always like to to ask them for a fun fact. Now, he has put a pretty good fun fact on here. It's about himself. So it can be a fun fact about anything or it can be about yourself. His fun fact is that I think you'll appreciate this. He once won a jar of sweets for guessing how many were in the jar. I mean, I need more detail. One, what was in the jar other than sweets? Like, you know, are we talking sort of the classic... Refreshers, Palmer Violet, Sherbet, Dip Dip Dabs, are you? Or are we talking sort of just gummy bears? What's more difficult? Do you reckon it's more difficult to have a variety of different sweets? So they're all different sizes or or all the same sweet? I mean, the other variable is how big's the jar? Because if it's quite a small jar and they're quite big sweets, then I'm going to get that. I'm going to figure it out, even me. But if it's a small jar and they're like, a lot of gummy bears. I can't look at a packet of Haribo and tell you how many's in there. And how many mirrors have they put inside the jar to reflect sweets to make it look like there's more sweets than there actually are? 
Well, if you put mirrors all the way around the inside of the jar, you wouldn't be able to see inside to spot the sweets, would you? Well, I I don't know. I'm I'm not in charge of the sweet competition. Okay. The reason I also... You have not done your research on this. (laughs) He did finish up with not all heroes wear capes, which I quite liked as well. But... uh... Maybe the sweets were Cadbury's heroes. Maybe they were. Uh, Clue was in the question. What I... What what I do find interesting about this is the number of competitions I've entered on Instagram over the two three weeks I've been in lockdown. With well, those no... one gym competitions where you yeah, never with... see who wins them. Exactly. So you know, seeing that someone does win occasionally something, at least gives me the confidence to keep tagging and annoying the same three people in every post. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a little bit different when you know the jar of sweet is in front of you and you're making the guess versus here's a picture of somebody's gym somewhere in the world that promising to give you that kit but you keep going it'll look nice in your house yeah there's no space make it <laughs> there's a couple that i've seen that have um the assault bikes as well so the day that you see me selling on ebay an assault bike you know i've <laughs> ah, just you, one you know this I've is won. the thing free to anybody who will come and collect at yeah. a safe distance i'll, I'll leave it at least two meters away from my door so you can pick yeah, it up. I've, I've socially distanced myself from this assault bike by always being at least two meters away from it. I mean, the way I look at it is there are a few positives in the situation we're living in at the moment, but two of the positives are I don't have an assault bike or wall ball at my house. So that is some of the, I mean, you know, I'm looking for silver lining. There's no one to make you go on them. That's true. Well, I don't know. I mean, that'll be the, the challenge for next month. we <laughs> 100 calories a day on the assault bike or something like that rob don't get any ideas said it so um i don't have an assault bike and if anybody wants you can follow jake on on instagram for meal prep spam and other stuff occasionally at jbrinkman96 and we'll put some links somewhere in the um in the show notes wonderful well dan thank you so much for for coming on it's been nice catching up with you and uh been really interesting to to talk about another side that maybe we never think about with regards to CrossFit. So that's been, that's been really interesting. Uh, if anybody wants to follow your Instagram, do you want them to do that? There's lots, lots of pictures them, of like, you running. There's running, there's food, there's the dog. There's, uh, it's not really much interesting to be honest, but if you want to, you can do, you'll have to tell them the handle. Cause I don't know what it is. I think it's just my name. Let me find out. It will be in the it will be in the description anyway, but it is um it is just your name. It's just Dan Tinkler. There you go. Very easy to find. Okay. So thank you everyone for, for listening. Thank you again, Dan, for being on here. And if anybody has, you know, come particularly for this episode and stayed on until this point because they read the description somewhere and uh, were really interested to to see what we had to say about dyspraxia, that's that's really great. And maybe, you know, share this around if you if you do know people that have that or other you know learning uh, learning challenges that, that they you know maybe put them off doing something like crossfit because i think that's uh, it's you know it's a, a really in, interesting opportunity to try and get people to to try something new that maybe will will benefit them both you know physical health but also perhaps in other areas of their life as well so uh, until next week i'll say uh, goodbye to everyone and uh, thank you for listening <laughs>